Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Moon Knight, episode one. Yes, we're back, baby. We're back, baby. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And yes, as I'm also teased. Alex too. <laughs> oh, I'm what? Pete. Uh, don't don't be a mirror, Pete. Yeah, I'm mirror, Pete. Oh, I can't tell the difference between my waking life and my dreams. How's that? Is that a good <laughs> what? Stephen Grant? <laughs> Boys. Oh, uh, we, Mrs. Doubtfire? What just happened? A po- I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. Are you the queen? Please I stop. Know. I don't know. You man. for Janiyah Doubtfire. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what our Oscar Isaac is doing. Now, if you haven't watched the first episode of Moon Knight on Disney+, Plus, please go do that because we're going to jump into spoilers. Probably go wildly out of control here as we talk about this out of control, crazy first episode of Moon Knight. But before we get out into that, control. Is, uh, control. that's my own uh, alternate personality, is the radio DJ who talks like this. So before we get into it, though, I, I was curious, Pete and I, before we got on, we're talking a little bit about Moon Knight fandom or anything like that. Um, I feel like, P, just based on knowing you like Punisher, you like Wolverine, you like these yeah. more extreme Marvel characters, you got to be a big Moon Knight fan, right? I'm a Moon Knight head. I do like Moon Knight. Uh, I've read a ton of Moon Knight. Um, it's uh, one the of Mooney. those characters. Uh, yeah, well, it's one of those characters people can take in different directions and do different things with. <coughs> Excuse me while I die real quick. Uh, you know, Lemire <laughs> did a, a famous uh, run with Moon Knight that was kind of like, is he insane? Is this whole thing kind of like his dream? Well, just to interrupt, the Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood run, which is excellent and everybody should read Very if good. you haven't read it, is yeah. kind of what they're pulling on here in typical Marvel fashion. They're going, well, they're going far afield, but as opposed to other runs, like we don't Warren talk Ellis. about War, we don't talk about Warren Ellis anymore. They're certainly That's pulling on a lot of stuff from Warren Ellis, yeah. but specifically they have called out the Lemire Smallwood stuff as inspiration partially for the series. Justin, what about you? Are you a moody Just what or about a, you? Moody or a nighty? Uh, and night, night, moon. Good night, moon is what I say. Um, no, I like Moon Knight. I liked the the series that you just mentioned, the, both Je- the Jeff Lemire and the Warren Ellis, though he shall not, not be named anymore. Um, and a lot of people like criticize Moon Knight. It's like, well, it's just like uh, Batman. It's just like Batman, but oh, very don't. slightly different. That's why. And I will say. People- that's a fair criticism. No, um, don't of, be that Just guy. wait a second. Of sort of the origins of the character and back before Ooh. we had these new takes Ooh. of uh, identity Ooh. shifting and uh, – <laughs> Right. 
<laughs> Should we do that when you're talking as well, Pete? Would you like that? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's just I, you know, I didn't know you were going to have some haterade and just kind of regurgitate some it's not some BS that people say uh, here. I, but no, I, I, like I, I regurgitate. A, no, no, they are two totally different characters. Okay, one of them is a billionaire who at night goes out in a all same color suit and fights crime, and the other one is Batman. Okay, so listen, <laughs> no, a Moon Knight is somebody who's you know questionably out of his mind is not so like, hold on uh, wait not, no don't no no, no i'm gonna me. interrupt you because okay, the thing fine. is that justin was getting at is moon knight's origins do start with that like there's a little bit of the yeah. egypt stuff in there but for the most part he is white colored batman but there are a lot of writers and a lot of artists who have done a ton of work particularly over the past decade or two to really define him the way that because you're talking about He's a, because you know, he's a billionaire who dresses up as a nightly avenger and fights crime. Adding in the dissociative identity disorder, which they're clearly playing on a lot here in this TV series, does separate him. Is also the whole thing. not having him be he's, a billionaire. He has a playboy. different fighting style. He has a different kind of like power oh, okay, skill set. There's oh. a completely different person underneath that mask. There, you are right, it's not, a different person. I'd like you to point out some of the differences in their fighting styles, if you could, real quick. Moon Knight and Batman. Uh, Moon Knight has, like, somewhat magical powers, can kind of, like, disappear, reappear, like, do all sorts of things. No. <laughs> that he can do in some things. Are like, you thinking about a different character? I, I mean, to be fair, here's a big difference in to terms of the fighting style. So one of them has uh, the sharp fighting implements that they're able to toss that are shaped like their insignia, and the other one is Batman. <laughs> this is a fun bit. This is a fun bit. Well, it's because it's important to establish this because this what I love about this show and I think, you know, Marvel has come pretty straight on with a lot of their series or, or movies where it's just like here's the hero we're watching them do stuff. And this because of the um the personality uh disorder and the split that he has that Moon Knight has we're coming at this from his perspective, which I think is such a cool choice. And we get to see him sort of the characters heads. You love I it. I do. Well, and we get to see it's so smart to see him switch the, the jumps in this first episode where he doesn't know what's happening. And then he wakes up in a different place because another yeah. personality, the Mark Spector personality has taken over. And I'm glad and, you talk about that because that was hysterical when he woke up and he was like, ow, like that was fun. We're having yeah, fun with Joe is Batman broken. isn't fun like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't have this like Hulk thing where you wake up afterwards. What did I do? How did I hurt these people? It's a different thing. It's but like I think your the understanding movie, the hangover too. That's right. This is what this Completely is modeled different. on. Yeah, what did we do uh, last I, night, right, Pete? I think what the um, understanding that Alex and I are just dragging you, kicking and screaming toward <laughs> is that this character was created to be a Batman clone, and then writers later changed it um, to this much more interesting take that now this Marvel TV series has adopted and is making uh, what I think is going to be maybe their best show. Wow, Whoa. that is pretty bold based on the first episode. I was going to get into overall what we thought. Obviously, Justin, you seem real positive about this. Pete, what do you think? Were you upset that he wasn't more like Batman? I First off, I'm just, <laughs> I 
I kind of I'm feeling a little off kilter because I thought Justin was going to be coming for me, and he was starting off with the haterade, and then hits me with the "This is the best show ever," and now I'm kind of dazed and confused. Like, oh man, you're actually on my side the whole time. You started with the haterade, and he went over to the later Gators aid. Yeah, what does he say? Later Gators? Later Gators! Later Gators! Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, his Um, mom voice is adorable. And I can see why they keep defaulting to that guy because you got to call your mom and you got to leave a voicemail. Well, so just to get back to what Justin was saying for a second and talk about the overall plot, I do think the smartest choice they make here, which seemed real annoying in the trailers, and even when it was starting off, I was like, boy, this voice is weird that Oscar Isaac is doing here, giving us the side, the way we know him from the comic books, and presumably based on the first episode, Mark Spector is the main personality. We don't know that's true by any means. But that's certainly what it seems like versus Stephen Grant having the character, Stephen Grant, who is guileless, who is thrown into these situations that he doesn't understand exactly like you're saying, Justin, gives us a really nice window as the audience into this world that feels organic, particularly when it gets to Ethan Hawke's character, Harrow, who is essentially feeding him the information that also we need to know because he doesn't know it. So overall, I think they turned something that was a very strange choice to begin with into a very smart choice by the end of the episode. Wow. Everybody loves it. This is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I just, you know, I just assume because I like that you guys would just shit on him and call him Batman the whole time. Uh, I'm just pleasantly surprised that uh, we're on board with what's happening. No, I mean, listen, this takes some great stuff and mixes it together into something that feels fresh just to pitch it out at you, do a little bit of a pitch line. What this struck me as is it's like the mummy meets board identity with like a dash of legion sprinkled into it. Nice. I like it. The mummy is sort of an easy comparison to make because there's mummies in it. They kept comparing it to Indiana Jones, which I feel like is not exactly right. Like, mummy is closer. Also, in terms of the humor that they use throughout the thing. that's what I'm saying. There's humor. There's a little bit of, like, what about Bob in there, where he's just kind of this guy (laughs) who's got to duct tape to the steering wheel and just Uh, point him down the road, you know? like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, you know what I was sort of getting was... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ladybugs. It's a little bit of ladybugs. Yeah, Yeah, well, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, which is what I thought you were making the reference to earlier, uh, meets um, an omelet that I had for breakfast. No, I think just because something has mummies and museums in it doesn't mean it's like that. I actually think tonally the comedy is a bit like Indiana Jones. I think tonally the mummy is a lot like Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. Are we talking about the same thing? Maybe. I I will say in one of those movies – there are characters who are investigating tombs and going through old treasures and they end up at some weird, maybe supernatural things that ultimately end up being supernatural. And the other one is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I like this joke construction no, you've landed on here. I like <laughs> but I will I say, like Alex, it. you've done it. The magic rule of threes. I'm done. Walk away. Walk away. He won't be uh, able to. He's the, not um, walk away. I know it. <laughs> of course not. Um, I wish he would, though. It'd be baller if he did. But is this the museum, the same museum from Eternals? No, it's not. I 
So there's a couple of weird things here. The first weird thing is that, yes, Kit Harrington's character, Dane Whitman, works at a museum uh, in Eternals, but that's across town. I actually, when I saw the trailer for Moon Knight, one of the nerdiest things I'd ever done was mapped it out. And I was like, no, those are two different places. <laughs> They're not next door to each other. We're not going to see Dane Whitman like looking through the window. Oh, and that would be so cool. Like that. Just not going to happen. Surely uh, then, there's some intermuseum hang sessions. Yeah, you, know, you right? think like the people who teach and curate at one museum hang out with the gift shop workers at another museum? Well, he can talk shop a little bit. He's talk like shop. mommy. Gift shop. He, exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean when I'm saying talking shop. Yeah. Gift shop. No. Uh, the, what kind the of keychains you got hey, over there? Hey, what are you charging was, for waters over there? <laughs> the five thing that pounds. I was, <laughs> the th- five pounds. The thing that I was going to say is a little weird is apparently they made the decision at least partially because they felt like there were too many heroes in New York, which is a perennial problem. With uh, with the Marvel Universe in general and the comics as well. But here it's strange because they just set a movie in London with the Turtles. And yeah. they also had Thor the Dark World in London. There was Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Far From Home was also in London and they destroyed London. So it's sort of like they're like, well, we can't do it in New York. Let's do it in the other city that we do everything in. But <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But, I mean, we don't know. They might end up back in New York, uh, Moon Knight's home, which is very different from Batman. Uh, because uh, we have this – we are revealed that Mark it has an American accent. There's a nice little moment there in the yeah. episode. So, overall, let's broadly talk about the plot of the episode just to lay it in for folks. So, we do meet Stephen Grant, who works in the gift shop at this museum. Is a pretty unassuming life. He's a vegan. Uh, he just kind of hangs out and bubbles through everything. Uh, his best friend is a guy who is one of those gold statues who hangs out in the park. And he starts to realize that things are a little weird. In terms of he asked a girl on a date, but he doesn't know how. We also discover that he ties himself into his bed at night and puts sand around it, which is definitely not a normal thing to do. Well, you got to. He's pretty chill about it. You you know, sometimes it's hard to get sleep. You know what I mean? If you put a bunch of sand around your bed, oh, you just you float right away. Yeah. That's how you get sand lure in a sandman. Mm -hmm. And Sandman loves sand. It's like a tooth fairy. Mm -hmm. For sleep. Yeah, for sleep. They steal your sand. Yeah, the, they give you sleep. He has a uh, incident that he initially thinks is a dream, where he wakes up in the middle of a firefight, meets a guy named Arthur Harrow, who seems to lead some sort of cult that yeah. prays to some sort of deity that judges people on whether they will ever do any evil or not in their lives, and if they will ever do evil or ever have done evil. They immediately die. So he's set up immediately as the antagonist. There's also a MacGuffin here, which is a scarab that Harrow is trying to track down that Stephen Grant has. And by the end of the episode, he is being attacked by a jackal monster in the museum. And Mark Spector reveals himself, says, let me take over. They activate his suit, which we should probably talk about that bit in a moment. And he beats up the jackal and we get the full reveal of the Moon Knight suit. And that's where the episode ends. Pete, you raised your hand. What's going on? Uh, There was, uh, well, it was just so fast and furious. I thought, you know, we would stop and talk about some things. But then I realized, uh, you know, I'll wait to the end there. But um First off, let's talk about the MacGuffin use that you threw out there. Like, it can't just be a scarab. You know what I mean? It can't just be, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be some kind of, like, bigger thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just. 
want a scarab? That's literally that's what a MacGuffin, what a MacGuffin is. <laughs> that is the definition <laughs> of a MacGuffin. All right, fine. Or is it McMuffin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about an egg McMuffin. I apologize. Why you got to yeah, make we... it a scarab when it could just be a McMuffin? <laughs> exactly. I'm tired of being fooled by these McMuffins. Yeah, I keep going into McDonald's and be like, hey, let me get one of them uh, scarab meals. <laughs> yeah, I grab <laughs> the clerk and I say, where's the scarab? <laughs> Give me the scarab. But they're terrified of me. Yeah. Uh, what was your second question, Pete? <laughs> I, I feel like I should. The moon is the one that comes that. out at night. That's oh, moon right, night. right, right. Yeah. It's easier to it's easier to remember that. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that I really liked in here. I thought Harrow is a really interesting villain. Of course, he is because Ethan Hawke is great. But setting I can him see, up, I see Ethan Hawke walking around New York in that same outfit, same hair, everything. <laughs> yeah. Nothing different there. Do Just you, Ethan Hawke being himself. Does he walk on broken glass? Like the uh, song? Yep. It, well, it that, is, wasn't yeah. Steve, that wasn't Steve <laughs> doing that, though, right? No, that was, no, that was, that was Ethan Hawke. Yeah, no, 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 I no. love that as an opening. We get, I think that was that like Bob was, Dylan. Seriously, that was, that was him walking on the glass? Yeah. Walking yeah. on, walking, walking on, walking glass. glass. Oh well, God, we have practice know. later, so we just yeah. tried yeah. to. Just warming up for um, acapella rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize that's who it who was. Who sings the high parts, Pete? Uh, not but me. We can do it again. Ready? No. Walking, walking on, on, walking on, walking on, broken, broken glass. That was better. That was good. You know, yeah. uh, when uh, Steve walked into the gift shop and started immediately talking to a kid about some creepy facts, I thought for sure, like, when he, it wasn't going to be like, hey, Steve, get to work. I thought it was going to be like, hey, Steve, remember, you're not around. You know, like, get away from kids. You scare them. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I guess <laughs> normally people don't say that to each other. Um, I did yeah. want to mention the thing about uh, just to get back to that opening scene since you were starting to talk about it, Justin, a little bit. It is a very weird way of starting the episode. And we kind of have two not musical montages, but two montages set to specific pieces of music. Also that happened set right to the, the Marvel flip that was real. Yes, was we also had the Marvel flip. Uh, so it, it was a lot of wind up at the beginning there that definitely made me feel like, all right, what are we getting into? When are we going to get to the episode? But then when we did get into it and did get rolling, I was super into it. Uh, but the Harrow thing as a setup for later on. Wait, wait, are you saying that when you start your day, you don't drink a glass and then immediately break it? Well, I put, no, I put it in my shoes whole. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Wants to be taller. I love that detail, and I love that we discover that guy later on, and he is just walking around with his cane, glass, and shoes, presumably. It's a it's a fascinating, weird setup for a character, I think. Well, and what I like about it, I feel like they put that scene there to be – because that was very much a superhero movie, TV show scene, I thought. Because we get into – when we get into the um, Oscar Isaac stuff, it's like, what is this show? But we have that sort of uh, lingering in the air as a cold open I thought was very cool. And then we get into like super mild-mannered shit like uh, Oscar Isaac fresh off scenes from a marriage um, mm-hmm. is here in uh, p- playing Moon Knight. As stra- he's very – he's like Peter Parker if he didn't get bit by a radioactive spider. Like he's, Now, this he's is actually the chill. second superhero movie, though, where Oster Isaac has played a part that is related back to Egypt in some way. Do you think he is better in this or was better in X-Men Apocalypse? Mm, great question. Thank um, you. 
As Apocalypse. He played Apocalypse. It's, it's uh, never, it's never Iceman Apocalypse is never the answer to the question. Oh, but what about the part where he is interested in learning from a TV and he touches the TV and he says, learning. Um, a lot of uh, local schools in the area show that movie as like a real deep dive into Egyptian culture. Oh. <laughs> and also, you know, like maybe that is the way he learns. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't make fun of somebody for trying to learn. You're right. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. I hope he does the same thing in here. That would be like a fun Easter egg, a fun callback now that Fox is owned by Disney. I bet yeah. they'll do it. Yeah, maybe oh. Moon Knight is Apocalypse. What a great reveal that would be. Uh, oh, a question so cool. I had uh, for you guys. If like uh, we were all hanging out and then like uh, suddenly um, – a, a creepy kind of person walked by and then one of us turned and had like a creepy tattoo and just been like a fake being a person and it had a, was a part of a cult. Like how mad would you be? Cause I, I feel like when the security guard did that and then like everybody was kind of, I, I felt like there should have been a little bit of like, Oh, not you. Come on. Like we were friends. Like we went to lunch that one time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you're secretly in this cult against me. Well, I think his big friend guard is the guard who is not Dax Shepard, but looks exactly like Dax Shepard. And it was yes. weirding me out the entire time. So <laughs> I was glad he didn't show up with that tattoo. The other one, it's fine. There were so many details that I really liked in Oscar Isaac's performance. And like we yeah. talked about the humor before, but I think there's little things the way how sniveling he played Stephen Grant, like when he's ordering the steak. It was just it's sad. Yeah, you know? uh, but I I like it though because the it'll be it's such a fun contrast and like the action sequence when he's um, driving out of he wakes up in the like uh, the Harrow Village or wherever that is mm-hmm. and um, jumps into I love that he, despite the fact he runs a uh, sort of evil judgment cult they still have cupcakes delivered on a mm-hmm. perhaps daily basis. Yep. Uh, well, I mean. Cupcakes, regardless of if you're in an evil <laughs> cult or not in an evil cult, you're still going to get cupcakes. Yeah. You know? I, I, there was a moment there where I thought your whole point was going to be cupcakes. 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 <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the defense rests. What more yeah. could you say? Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that village. I did like the look of it. It felt very weird and interesting. Um, and I also, there were a couple of great shots here, just the way that they were. Yeah. The way that they moved more than anything, Pete mentioned this before, but when he wakes up, when he sort of like falls into what he initially thinks is the dream, but when he throws the Rubik's Cube up, it comes back down and immediately cuts to him falling on the ground and the camera bumps a little bit, which I thought was yeah. neat. And then when he looks out at the mountain village, it's behind him, but the camera turns in his perspective back and forth very quickly, which again was just a very neat shot. And you were mentioning the whole car chase. I think it was the same thing, the way that it kept switching angles almost every time when it switched back and forth between the different perspectives uh, was really cool. Yeah, I like it's disorienting. It makes you feel more like um, like Steven in the moment. Like it it was I I thought it was really well done. And I love that we are withheld the action in all these scenes early on that I feel like is something that someone along the chain is probably like, should we maybe see some action here? And they're like, no, this is the whole point. And then we reveal Moon Knight at the very end. Uh, So cool. It just shows a lot of confidence, which I think is the big thing that this show has a lot of. And uh, it's a great start. 
Well, to that point, when they do have action moments, it's so big and shocking. Like at the end of that car chase scene, when the, I don't even know what you call it, but the log truck that he knocks over, when the logs finally come down and knock the bad guys out of the way, it's stunning and shocking. Yeah. And you didn't see it coming. But just in terms of the geography of the scene, the way they set it up going down that winding road, you could have figured it out, but you wouldn't have seen it coming. So it's neat. Uh, or uh, let's talk about Kanshu. Just jump over there just because All him right. yelling at Steven the entire time is – Alarming and terrifying and kind of funny at the same time. Yeah. Really love. Well, I that love it because he's sort of he's like Big Brother and he's like, hey, no, not you. Get, bring the other one. Like that's it's, why it's I like fun. how frustrated he is. Like yeah. the part where he's like, you know, like he's not, you know, maybe not supposed to be saying stuff or whatever. They just can't take him more. Like, did he just throw the gun? He just threw the gun. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's really, uh, I it's it's fun. It is. Uh, it's an interesting choice. It's a positive choice instead of it having it be like immediately this horrible thing that is, you know, kind of controlling him. The fact that it's like almost relating to us a little bit. There's been a lot of backlash, I think, against Marvel humor lately, probably for the past decade, honestly. But it's felt like a lot more recently where people point out, and we've certainly talked about it here on the podcast, the idea of the like whoa, did that just happen type joke? And I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I guess I was hyper aware going into this because I was curious to see whether they're going to go for it. And I think they did it. Like the humor is actually much more off kilter. Another shot that was great is when he's driving along in that sequence and the lady drives by him and is just giving the finger and yeah. like this <laughs> crazed look on her face. Again, very funny, but just yeah. a weird, alarming, off-putting moment at the same time that gives it a different flavor than other I'm, shows. I'm upset that you talked about the uh, that lady first. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah. Do you that want to? Pete, I'll pretend. I, we can pretend I didn't that say was, it. That was on one of my Cut things it out. to talk about. Pete, is there uh, anything from the episode here? We'll edit that out. Pete, is there anything from the episode <laughs> you really liked? <laughs> I tell you what, it, like even the weird stuff was enjoyable. Like the fact of like he freaks out of uh, his fish, you know, with the whole two fins thing. Uh, yeah. This thing of like, you know, what happened to that fish? You know what I mean? Did, you know, because unfortunately some fish die and, you know, it's that old parenting thing of like get the new fish, see if the kid notices or not. Like did one of his personalities yeah. have to do that to him, you know? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, when I used to go to the um, uh, St. Lawrence County Fair and win a goldfish every summer, and it died a week later, that's how I learned that um, the life is an unending series of uh, shock and disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, man. (laughs) Were there any other moments before I jump ahead of you from the episode that you wanted to call out in particular? Um, oh, now that I'm put on the spot here, uh, I really loved when that old lady um, gave him the middle finger right in that car chase. That was really fun. Remember, we're cutting, we're, we're cutting, the, we're cutting the early one out. Okay, we can cut it out when I just said it. Pete, is there any moment that you really liked that you wanted to highlight? I like oh, before they, Pete goes, I just want to mention oh. there was the lady who gave the finger. She was uh, driving. Oh, oh wait, when was uh, that? Uh, oh, when, when, during the car chase. During car the chase, that's right. Oh, that's so yeah. funny you mentioned oh, that. Oh, my God, I, that was when Pete was going to. Okay, we'll cut that out. <laughs> uh, I did like when they cut and he was driving backwards, and it was kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not sure you are going to say. Oh, I really liked when that old lady gave her the finger. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can I mention one thing that I didn't love? It's not a deal breaker uh, for me by any means. Razor as... phone, the razor flip phone. You're like, what? Where did that come from? Ra- oh my god, that I have one so of those back thin. in the day. I was like, so, where did I, he I get wish that? I could have I mean, one. how did he get that? Antique. It's he's a hero. Oh, it's a classic. I love my flip. They, they, every they time had those I see in Egypt, with that. yeah, Egypt. They had Egypt. those in Egypt. They were buried with them. You know, smart. Exactly. Smart. That's why they're they aren't were around anymore. Everybody was buried with their <laughs> you could throw them through a wall. Those razors. I'm gonna be buried with my phone, full God. charge. It'll <laughs> lay it on a charging pad so it can keep going. Oh, Case I wake nice. up, you know, Here's you could put up. the uh, electrodes at you like a potato, like a potato clock. Oh, oh I could just fuel my my corpse, my decomposing corpse, can keep my phone charged. <laughs> yep, the dream. The one thing that kind of kind of bugged me a little bit. Pete's going to flip out at me here. Oh, as much as I love the last shot, the reveal of Moon Knight, I thought it was very cool. It, maybe I'm wrong about this. The cape was weird. The cape oh, was wow. CGI, and there was yeah. something about oh, well, it that it just easy. like... Take it easy with that tone. Let me do you one better. Maybe furious beyond belief. Is that... Yeah. You, you wanted a real cape? <laughs> yeah. Wow, yes. Because <laughs> I, I agree with you, Alex. I don't like the costume. I feel like uh, whoa, whoa, it's too. Up. Come on, like, and I we're gonna get um, full white suit. I think at some point in this uh, season, but I, you I mean feel like, like when he was wearing an actual white suit and not the yeah, costume. Yeah, they've they've already revealed the look of this. We don't know how it's going to show up, but there's going to be the it's the Mister Knight suit from yeah. from the Warren Ellis one run, I believe. Um, but I, I feel like this suit is a Who's little too fakey fake. Um, to mm-hmm. CG, like you're saying, and I wish it was more like uh, tactile. I well, I think that's the thing is that they actually went too tactile with the look of it. Like they tried mm. to make it look like money mummy How wrapping, so you get those How shadows and everything on it. And oh, probably... sorry, they tried to make it look a little bit like you know ancient Egypt, like that kind of style. A little bit. I just wish they did it and had it as was real and not something that they did in post. Oh. Yes. I agree. There's something fakey about it. You like it, Pete, you're saying. Well, I say we saw it for five seconds. So, like, it's enough for me. I'm a fashionista. uh, I mean, I, it was like, I don't know if it like came out of him or how it was like all of a sudden just mummified him a little bit or if it came from the scarab or however it worked. But, like, um, uh, I thought it was great that we finally got to see it in action. And, it's uh, also a little weird to me, though, and this is something I'm going to have to get over for the series, that Moon Knight has powers. Because he doesn't really have powers. He's just like a guy who kicks people's asses, and that's pretty much it. Well, that's the thing. Like Sometimes he is granted powers. Sometimes he is kind of like powered up, right? That's only, in, later, that? only in recent comic book runs has he had any Still sort counts. of like mystical stuff. No, yeah. it doesn't count if it was recent. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, it's only been a recent thing. I think like Jason Aaron's Avengers run did it a little bit. I don't really think that I've seen it anywhere else. Again, this is something that I will totally get over because it's the MCU ways doing no, things and stuff ultimately he's, had, he's been powered up. Maybe yes. I have not read absolutely everything Moon Knight, but anyway, that threw me a little bit at the end, but I still thought it was a well-shot shot. It was exciting, and like you were saying, Justin, it was the right place to put it in the episode. to withhold that until there that give us that release of like, oh yeah, we're watching Moon Knight, not the Stephen Grant show. So that's good stuff. Other moments from the episode that you want to call out in particular that you thought were cool or terrible or, you know, whatever. 
The thing with that statue is he didn't talk. He held. He mm-hmm. could have easily given us. You talked about the Marvel sense of humor. He could have given us the like. Um, it's a living moment um, from from the Flintstones <laughs> with like an eye roll or something. He held. He's a good fucking statue. Yeah. Tip him. Yes. I there's also something in that scene where Stephen Grant's eating a sandwich and he throws out half the sandwich or something like that. You know, I think that happens a lot in movies and TV, and I agree with you. Doesn't make it. I've never thrown away a sandwich. (laughs) You know what you're getting with a sandwich? It's one half and then another half. (laughs) Right. Very. I did. I did feel uh, very seen when it was like, uh, you know, the guy was like, "Wait, it's Sunday? No!" Because you hate Sunday. Well, it's that thing when you think maybe you're like, wait a second, is it? And then you find out it's Sunday. And you you're thought like maybe an, you, you had more weekend than you, than you, but nope. You're like an early Garfield. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I had like half a joke there, but I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll, I'll come up with it later. It's half okay a joke I, is enough for in the podcast. And world. it's okay <laughs> for me to just say I had half a joke and you guys get it. Yeah. What? Oh, here. Let's take. Let's take it back. Let's take it back. Edit that part out. Uh, okay, Alex. Um, did you have anything about early Garfield? You wanted to mention? Oh, you mean the Amazing Spider-Man Two? Oh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. This is this is why it's half a joke. Is I don't know his filmography enough, so I couldn't do like a younger role than that. Oh, Social man, but, Network. Social but Network. The part where go. the old lady flexed them off in the truck. Oh, that was great. <laughs> there we go. Before Got we wrap it. up here, let's go to our vision board and talk about what we want to see happen in the second episode of Moon Knight. Justin, why don't you go first? What is on your vision board? More of the same. I feel like there's a temptation, um, especially in Marvel shows, to have some sort of redefining moment halfway through a series. And I think keep this pace keep this style the point of view and uh let's keep jumping perspectives in that way and we'll just get more of mark specter and moon knight as we go on that's what i want keep it up Uh, this is uh that reminded me of something that i really liked about the series that is i think totally different than every other marvel series so far is they already revealed the villain, which I think is great. Like at Harrow, we've always had this like, who's the villain? Who's the power broker? Is it Wanda? What's going on? And not playing with that mystery element, but having other mystery elements is great. I hope there isn't a twist like that necessarily, where it's like, nope, Harrow's actually a good guy and there's somebody else. I smell that a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, With whom? With Harrow. He maybe is a good guy. And I think Khonshu might end up being the villain. Mm, okay. Oh, interesting. Well, but I think that's okay because they're still establishing. They're like, yes, yes they're there. It's not a mystery. But just to talk about the vision board of it all. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. Like, I wanted to get really dark and weird and twisty and keep piling on the personalities and everything else. I think... I love that shit. I loved it at Legion. I love it at other shows like that. I'm a complete sucker for it. So the more, the further down the rabbit hole they want to go, the better for me. I want a whole episode just from the perspective of Gus. You know what I mean? Just like 40 minutes of it, you know, just to really see. The fish? Yeah. Yeah. The fish. So you want Uh, like a fish eye view. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the same perspective. <laughs> I, it's going to be a fish out of water story. I think that the well, thing. Would you say you're in the tank? In you're in the tank for <laughs> in the tank yeah, for Gus. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm jumping the shark. So the thing is, uh, I'm hoping that like we get less of picking up calls. That he, you don't know who Layla is. You know what I mean? Like, why are you going to pick up that phone call? You know what I mean? Like, that's just uh, as far as I know. You just you don't pick up a, a call you don't recognize. So but I he hope does that. know Layla. Yeah, but he doesn't know Layla. Mark knows Layla. Mm. Interesting. You know what I mean? You know, like, like, come on, man. Come on. Don't pick, don't pick up the call if you don't. You know, you're getting Mark in trouble. I'm going to call not... Layla if I find that phone. She called like 50 times just to make sure everything's all right. Yeah. I'm not going to call Duchamp. I'm going to dig you up just to get your flip phone and call Layla. That's my plan. Wow. <laughs> Permission no, you have to dig up the StarTech, bro. You raise <laughs> up the antenna. We agreed that we were going to be buried together. Oh, three right. separate chambers. Oh, I forgot about, oh, three separate chambers? Because I signed yeah. up for sandwich style. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which that's is half of a sandwich. Dips on a bread piece. Um, I'm the salami. I know. <laughs> I, I've always known. You get a discount for being the salami at the a discount on my burial. <laughs> yes. This now keep in mind though that means I can't die first. One of you breads has to go first, so I can yeah, lay down next. I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks, I got oh, it. you're the bottom bread. Uh, yeah. Of course, he's the bottom bread. Died. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> always died. been the bottom bread. If you'd like to support this podcast or our burial fund, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every, t- every Tuesday night at Miles 7 p.m. Williams. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Expensive. Come to hang out. We would love to chat with you about Moon Knight, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Stay marvelous.